Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. And I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And right by the former Tigers pitching coach, he also spent time as a pitching coordinator with the Royals, the Dodgers, and the Rays. He is Rick Knapp joining us here on 101 ESPN. Rick, we always appreciate the time, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing great. We appreciate you hopping on. Let's start with what is the biggest story in baseball right now, and that's Major League Baseball's decision uh, to crack down on these foreign substances that pitchers have been using. When you first heard this, Rick, what was your reaction? And then has your reaction evolved at all since the moment that you first heard about it? No, I really don't have an opinion on this, honestly. Um, I certainly think that a lot of things have gotten blown out of proportion. Uh, I just watch what's going on. I see what's what. I don't know what's. I don't know what their intention is, other than to try to get the you know the super sick, sticky stuff out. I mean, there could be a whole lot of repercussions from this. Uh, I, I honestly, I have to tell my pitchers that uh, you know what's going to happen if they get caught. Um, we're taking precautions, you know, about it right now, and. Uh, you know, my opinion basically is I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm in Durham now with the, uh, you know, I'm in Jacksonville now with the Durham Bulls. And recently we had a kid, you know, got hit on the side of the head. And, uh, you know, for me as a pitcher, the way they've made these balls, I, I'm going to do everything I can to protect myself. And if that means I get to spin it a little bit better and I can hide it a little bit more, then that's what I'm going to do. I guess, Rick, my question for you is everybody seems to agree that the balls are just dry as heck and they're hard and it's it's just the way they are is just not enough. You need something to have a better uh, grip on the baseball. I guess for you, what do you think is a reasonable line to draw if, if they say, okay, sunscreen and rosin is not going to work? Do you think that that, for example, is a fair distinction for the league to make? I think they need to figure out a way to make the ball that has uh, enough tack that a mm-hmm. pitcher wouldn't feel the need to do it. Mm-hmm. I know that the uh, the SSK ball that they're using in the Olympics has got some sort of tack to it. And um, honestly, um, that, I think that's the future. Mm-hmm. Either that or each team 
will be responsible for roll, you know, rubbing up their own set of balls, or each player would be responsible for rubbing up their own set of balls when they come into the game. And, uh, I, I mean, I, honestly, that's the way the basketball's done. That's the way NFL's done. It seems sort of, you know, silly that it isn't done in the MLB. Um, I think that they need to manufacture a ball that has some sort of tack to it. And, uh, you know, since MLB is basically manufacturing the balls, I don't think it would be uh, that difficult to refine their pro- process. Rick, are they doing the same thing in the minors right now? What are, what are you telling your guys about this? Because I know they're doing it in the they're big doing, leagues, but what is it down there? Yeah, yeah, they're doing the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. So, um, you know, starting tonight, the, main, the uh, starting pitcher will get his glove, his belt, his hat, his pants, his socks, his shoes, anything – that they suspect is uh, a place where the guy's hiding the ball. They can ask to look at it in between innings as he's walking off the mound. Now, what you know, are, I mean, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> you got, the guy going to pull his pants down and go, here, check. I don't know. I don't know. I well, mean, it's, it's sort of ridiculous. You bring up a great point, and that's, you know, the visuals of this, right? So yesterday we saw the best pitcher in the game, you know, not get undressed by the umpires, <laughs> but kind of, you know, they did an inspection on him. You know, and I, of course. and you know, I doubt Jacob Degrom is doing what he's doing because he's putting something on the ball. I mean, a one hundred three seems good enough to me to get guys out. I don't know, but <laughs> what do you think that you know? Just when fans have gotten sort of back to trusting the players again that they're playing within the rules, and now we have this. What do you think the sort of the just the visuals are for the game? Yeah, the op- well, the op- the optics are uh, major. I-, I believe Major League Baseball loves this sort of crap. Mm-hmm. Be honest, because everybody wants to talk about it, everybody wants to write about it, and it's the newest and the latest controversy about the sport, right? I mean, whether it's positive or negative publicity, hey, it, it's it's front page news everywhere. And uh, honestly, it shouldn't be. It's not that big of a deal. Now, that being said, spider tack and some of these other things that are being put on the ball that that created a st- stupid amount of spin, certainly there needs to. It has gone too far. And, um, you know, batters can use pine tar on their bat. Not saying that pitchers should be able to use pine tar like that, but what if, what if a ball gets hit off the handle, off the label, and it has pine tar on it, and the pitcher goes to change the ball, flips it to the umpire, and he sees it has pine tar on it, and then he ejects the pitcher because he's got pine tar on the ball. That's ridiculous. Again, what, what are, what are, what's within the rules? I, I'm pretty sure that if you talk to a lot of hitters, they're going to want the pitcher to be able to control the ball so it doesn't hit them. But at the same time, oh, don't make it spin too much. Uh, it's a fine line. I mean, I, I, honestly, it's exhausting talking about it. If your scenario did happen, George Brett would be laughing somewhere, <laughs> I can guarantee well, No we, question. We, no talked, question. <laughs> we talked to Billy Wagner about this last week, Rick, and he was like, listen, I was a pine tar guy. I use pine tar on the ball. That's what I always use. He said one game, Nomar Garcia Parra looked at him and said, oh, you're a pine tar guy. I'm going to go tell the ump, and he's going to kick you out. And uh, apparently Billy Wagner went back at him and was like, yeah, go ahead. Tell him. Go ahead and get me kicked out, and let's see what happens next time you come up and I don't use that pine tar and I have no ability to be able to control the baseball. Let's see how that works for you, Nomar. Exactly. So I think that there is a solution that is reasonable and the pendulum's swinging too far the other way right now. That's just the way it is.
Rick, let's talk about something exciting within the game. We're talking to Rick Knapp. He's the former Tigers pitching coach. He's now with uh, the Durham Bulls, part of the Tampa Bay Rays organization. And Rick, you've had the pleasure this year of being able to watch Rhyme. What kind of a player are we about to watch? What have you seen from him so far this year down in AAA? I thought when you said in the beginning of the show that uh, we're going to talk about the most exciting thing to happen in the game, I thought this is what you were going to talk about <laughs> because this kid's an exciting player, man. He He's the real deal. Um, I think that he, uh, he proved a lot of critics wrong here in AAA. What kind of player would show up here, you know, the glitz and the glitter and all that stuff. But he's been a, a absolute pleasure, a joy to get a front row seat to watch this young man play for the last two months and uh, last year at the alternate site. He's a real deal, man. I don't know. Uh, expectations are are kind of high. I sort of had my doubts, you know. Um, you know, is he Cano? I don't, I don't know. He's a pretty good player. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. It, it'll be a jolt for the big league club. Rick, I wanted to uh, ask you another question about generally on pitching, just you know, league wide, and also what you're seeing at, at the AAA level. Some people say that you know pitchers are being trained to sort of um, you know sacrifice everything for velocity, essentially, and that we've seen more hit batters this year, etc. And maybe that does also talk about the tackiness of the ball. But do you feel at times that pitchers are are selling out for velocity at the expense maybe of other aspects of pitching? I think that, um, I, I honestly, guys, I thought this was really the topic you were going to talk about because, you know, it's a, uh, the trend in baseball now is, is basically to chase the swing and miss and an ap- absolute outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So we're no different than any other club. And it really just depends on how much you want to, um, in, within your organization, you know, scream the mantra of stuff over command and control. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, command and control, it doesn't start at the big league level. I mean, shoot, I can remember Jim Leland um, talking to me one time when we had a young pitcher come up. And he goes, well, Ricky, is uh, this guy going to throw it over? And I said, (laughs) geez, Jim, uh, I'm not sure. And he goes, well, then, Ricky, he doesn't belong in the big leagues. (laughs) No, that's that's true. Uh, And and that's what's happening. If if you want to, you know, if you're chasing velocity stuff, spin, and movement, you're not looking in the right box, man. The right box is the strike zone. And um, those are the boxes you have to check to stay in the big leagues. A lot of guys are showing up there, but not many of them are staying because they just don't throw it over enough or in the box enough. The second thing is, is there's this misnomer that, you know, hey, the only way you can be a big league pitcher is if you throw 95 to 100, and that's not true. The The fact is that the fastball rate use, uh, of usage is, is way down, way mm-hmm. down, way mm-hmm lower than it's ever been. And the fact that if you can strike with a secondary pitch more often than your primary, which is most guys is fastball, then you can create value for yourself. But a lot of organizations haven't, haven't really taken to that trend. Again, you have to be able to throw first pitch strikes. If you don't do that, then your odds of, of completing an at bat where the outcome is in your favor, it's not good. Boy, one guy locally who's really demonstrated what you're talking about is Adam Wainwright because, you know, he's not throwing 96 any longer and he's getting a lot of people out. And, yeah, that's it. If you're going to – 
a lot of organizations are chasing this stuff because they know that without command, hey, just get there. And the difference of, you know, command and control, hey, control is me getting the ball in the box, right? If I get it in the box, I'm going to throw strikes. Guy, and my stuff is good enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. If I uh, command, however, is throwing the ball in the box, throwing the ball out of the box when I want to, understanding how to command the ball east to west, north to south, back and forth, manipulating a barrel, and showing some sort of importance to speed off the bat. There are organizations uh, offensively that are basically teaching their guys to not strike out. Commanding, um, offensively, commanding the barrel. And our job as a pitcher is to defend that, right? Is to is to is to, you know, control the the bat speed or the hand speed or the barrel uh, location. And again, they're, they're starting to become a little bit of a turn to that. And if you got a batter that doesn't want to strike out, it's going to be really hard to just completely outstuff that guy now in the big leagues because I'm, we're training pitchers to throws that are going to take you to ten and. 12 pitch at bats. Well, man, now you're in the thirties, 35s and forties, and you haven't been there. It, it's a, it's a, a lot different challenge. And then there'll be more importance on guys that can do that. So again, it depends on the organization. If you're, if command and control at the big league level doesn't just happen at the big league level, that's an organizational philosophy, right? Mm. So, I mean, you, you can't preach, only stuff all the way to AAA, then expect that these guys are going to be in the big leagues and throw strikes. That's not going to be the way it is. Final you have to start it up to that. Is this also an incentive issue as well? Because we see, uh, at least from the outside looking in, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. It, it seems like a lot of the scouting in the lower levels is, hey, this guy can hit 95 on the radar gun or whatever it may be. And that's a way that they're able to get drafted earlier. And then you get into the minors. And for fans, I know they see, oh, this guy's throwing triple dig- digits down in double A. He needs to be on the fast track to the big leagues. And then you get to the big leagues, and those are the guys that get rewarded with the strikeouts via the arbitration system. Is that part of the issue here as well, is the incentives of throwing that high-velocity stuff, even if you can't end up being able to command it? 100%. And along with that, again, the the system that's being created is one that, I don't know if this is even appropriate, but you're going to create a system where, a pitcher doesn't necessarily feel good on a particular day, and it's going to affect his his numbers, his movement numbers, or his velocity numbers. And then he's going to say, I can't pitch because I'm not going to be at my optimum, which is going to change his averages, right? If I'm not strong, if I'm not able to compete, it's a lot easier for me to say, hey, I can't pitch today than it is, hey, man, give me the ball. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to the wall for you those type of guys are disappearing in the game Mm. because everybody's chasing the stuff. Eventually the players will understand that and go, well, I'm not going to pitch today because my velocity is not going to be up. My movement data is not going to affect my future value. And that's absolutely the wrong reason to play the game, right? The things that have become important in the game have nothing to do with really performing, performing or helping your team win. It's all been about the individual. As far as chasing velocity, that's always been a thing, and that has always been a thing. 
I mean, way back when the radar guns were just coming out, a guy would would go out and pitch two thirds of an inning, give up six runs, and then run behind the backstop and go, "Ooh, I threw ninety three today." <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? You know, at, at the end of the day, that same that same thing is happening. Just it's just in a different way. Oh, look, I was able to move that ball sixteen inches vertically. Yeah, well, you couldn't throw the ball over. <laughs> What's the point? So, if you're always constantly looking to be, you know, hey, look, I'm a positive person. I want a guy to feel good about a bad outing. But at the same time look at the right thing that you should be looking at. How often did you strike? How often did you throw a ball where you want to? And the subtle changes that MLB makes, like, oh, we're going to raise the strike zone. You know, all these, all these changes have subtle effects to the point where, oh, man, now I could throw a ball at the top of the zone. That's more effective than me trying to throw a – working on practicing, trying to get the ball at the bottom of the zone. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you looked on Twitter and saw a guy with really good command throwing in one of these tryout things? Never. It's <laughs> oh look, so and so threw a hundred and two. Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, there's nobody over there going, look, he hit that four spot freaking seventy five times out of hundred. <laughs> there's nobody. Nobody's writing that up. Yeah. Because it's 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 not sexy. It's not glamorous. It's not the thing. Right. So. With the strike zone being how it is, launch angles and swing, you know, whatever they're calling it, <clears throat> the way that things are today, yeah, it's advantageous for a pitcher to pitch up in the strike zone. The analytics guys can can compute out that, hey, look, if you have this sort of carry on this sort of swing, you're going to get swings and misses. You don't have to be so specific. So we don't necessarily teach guys to be specific with pitches anymore. Hmm. We don't practice getting the ball to a particular area of the plate. You don't see guys pitch inside for strikes and pitch in off the plate for balls. What you see is a guy hitting a guy, and that's all you see. (laughs) So at the end of the day, man, pitching is pitching. I love talking about it. I I mean, I'm not sure where the game is going. I try to be, uh, you know, in tune and up to date, but I also know that, the simplicity of the game, throwing the ball over the plate, getting the ball in the box, first pitch strikes for a Cardinal team. That's, you know, averaging, you know, four and a half walks per nine, probably, uh, you know, I can tell you right now, uh, Mike Maddox, Dusty Blake and Brian Eversgird, they're probably all pulling their hair out as to why that's happening. Oh yeah. And we've heard plenty about that. And it's, uh, it's been the theme of the season for the Cardinals in particular about the bullpen. They're walking 14% of the guys that come to the plate right now. It's been an issue for them this year. Hey, Rick, I could talk to you about pitching all day long. We sincerely appreciate you giving us so much time today. All the best to you and the Durham Bulls down there. We, we appreciate you hopping on with us today and hopefully we'll be able to catch up again soon. Sounds good guys. Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bed sheets or skincare or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello. Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business with Shopify 
you'll get the tools you need to nurture your growing business and feel the same satisfaction as listening to this ad. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Simply start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.